You are now listening to Mike's Opinion, Logic Unleashed. That's right, you are now listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, what's going on today, people? It is the middle of April 2021, and I got a lot to say, anger, frustration, and I hate to have to do this episode, but if you saw the title, the question is, why are some police officers such dicks? And we're going to dig deep, dive deep, deep, deep into that okay but before we do as you know i always want to know how you doing how are you doing out there today i hope you're doing okay as you know the covid um sars 2 coronavirus covid 19 is still going is it i live in texas as you know and texas is wide open just like florida and many other states nothing hey i mean yes there's still some businesses that require masks. Other than that, businesses are full. Things are going on. And supposedly the numbers are dropping. On the flip side of that, I'm hearing that there's new variants and strange and they're not more lethal or more dangerous, but they are more contagious. But we seem, knock on some wood, we seem to be continuing on towards normalcy they keep mentioning herd immunity they being the doctors and specialists and the uh, the face of the pandemic dr fauci um you know says that we could reach herd immunity before the fourth of july you know sometime in june and i really hope we do to be quite honest with you i hope you are okay out there financially um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I hope you're doing okay. I really, really do. But, you know, this isn't like a normal update. This is a targeted, specific subject matter about police in which I had an interaction with just last night. And I'll get to that momentarily. But the question I said earlier and the title of this episode of the Mike's Opinion Podcast is Why Are Some Cops Such Dicks? The short answer to that is, and it's not just cops, it's human beings in all professions of all lands, races, cultures, creeds. They're just people that are dicks, that are racist that are problematic, unhappy, and downright evil. They're just evil, hateful people on this planet Earth. And I dare say probably since the beginning of time. I'd like to be wrong about that, but I can only speak for my 50 plus years on this planet. And I've encountered them since I was young. It's just some some people, I don't, I don't know. And there's a multitude of reasons for it, right? However, when you wear a badge 
and have a belt that contains a gun, a taser, pepper spray, handcuffs, a billy club, you swore to protect and serve the people. Your hatefulness, your dickishness means a whole lot more. Now, in other episodes, I've briefly touched on the history of policing, um, maybe even a little more than briefly. But policing in itself is like Agent Smith versus Morpheus. You know, the guys with the uniforms and the dark glasses and the dickish attitude, just this, and they're trained that way, even if they're nice guys. And I will be the first to say that I have met and encountered nice police officers. I can say, based on my experience, not every police officer is a dick. However, I dare also say that the majority of them are. Okay? It's just my experience and the experience of many other people that I've discussed this with, that I've seen on um, different forms of, of media, you know. So, of course, no way I can not talk about the tragic death of Mr. Dante Wright. Okay? Let's, let's just take a second, and I want to say, 20-year-old Dante, may you try to find some, some peace in your rest as you've crossed over to whatever's next. I hope your soul is, is not tormented and stuck somewhere, you know, in this suddenness of your death. Um, if you don't know, in the city where there's a trial, or I should say very close to the city, of the trial for the police officer that killed George Floyd, that murdered George Floyd. And I always call it the George Floyd trial, even though he's not on trial, because I just don't want to say the cop's name. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. But the main culprit, the main murderer, who knelt on Mr. Floyd's neck for over nine minutes, and murdered him in front of a group of people who's on trial right now. You know, um, that is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. And in the town of Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Center Police pulled over Mr. Dante Wright for a minor traffic infraction. As they also, you know, they get us on that. That's why I tell people, take, take just a minute, walk you around your car, make sure your lights is on. Yeah, Cause I got pulled over cause my license plate light was out and subsequently ended up spending the night in jail twice. And that was shortly after I came to, to Dallas here in Texas. This was my welcome, my welcome to Dallas, right? I got to know 
what the inside of the local jail looked like. However, I just want to take a minute, like I said, to say rest in power, rest in peace. Another black man dead. Dead. At the hands of a police officer. Mm -hmm. Now, according to this particular incident, the officer had been on the force for 26 years. Yet, yelled out taser, 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 and pulled her gun, which from my understanding, from everything I've learned so far, is on her right side, her taser's on her left. Accident my ass. And I'm not the only one that feels this way. She has subsequently re uh, uh, re resigned and has been arrested and charged. Um, according to the mayor, her resignation has not been accepted. Because with resignation comes certain benefits, pension. Insurance. So I'm sure they're trying to do all they can to say, you know what? Fuck that. You're not getting those benefits. We're going to fire your ass and terminate you. But she has the attorney who represented the Kenosha police officer. I believe it's Kenosha, Washington, who shot Jacob Blake and made him paranoid. I mean, excuse me, paralyzed. And by the way, that cop just started work again on his regular beat. Now, I just want to stop for a second before I go on. And I'd like to just scream to the top of my lungs, but that's not going to help. Right. And they win if I do that. If I just if I just lose my mind. Nope, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to become you. I'm not going to become the hater. I'm not going to become a victim of this centuries-old system that's designed to break me, beat me, kill me, defeat me. Not. And when I say me, I mean a black person. I mean a black male, which I am. I hold no ill will towards any of you, including the police officer that knelt on Mr. George Floyd's neck. I don't hate you because I'm not going to become you. I love you. Do you have to pay for what you did? Absolutely. Hopefully in prison for the remainder or the greater part of your life. But I don't hate you. I'm not going to hate you. I refuse to hate you. I have a concerted, directed, focused effort not to become the hater. And I urge everyone to do that. But I wanted to just to pause from these specifics of these stories and these incidents and these things that are going on. To speak to any black person that's listening. Any brown person that's listening. Don't become the hater. And don't never give up. Because you could be doing everything right. And still end up pepper spray. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I just wanted to pause and just say that. Keep your head up. Stay focused. And walk without fear. 
live without intimidation to these racist, hateful fucktards that have been in control of this country for centuries. In fact, pity them because they crave that control. They have to have the top of everything. They don't know how to share. I pity them. I feel so sorry for certain white people, for certain racist people, because that kind of existence, living with that hate in your heart for anybody, they don't realize it's a cancer to them. You know what I'm saying? But back to the specifics. Mr. Dante Wright, riding along last Sunday, going to his brother's house, pulled over, minor infraction, got warrants, first got out of the car, was going to, you know, get handcuffed, then, you know, decided, you know what, forget this. I can't say that that's the best decision giving these outcomes that are far too common. And inevitably it happened. So, you know, he got back in his car and he didn't tell, you know, he didn't get out when they told him to. And supposedly this offer went to tase him and shot him. Of course, I think that's complete bullshit. I think she saw an opportunity. I think it was premeditated. And I think she shot him one shot right in his side, close range. He pulled off. Pull, you know, didn't drive far, crashed to another car and died at the scene. His girl was in the car, his girlfriend. So the other side will say, well, he had warrants. Uh, I saw on a conservative news outlet the, you know, they highlighted, you know, the past case that he had for, you know, robbery, armed robbery. So what? So what? And I'm not saying the brother may not have deserved to go through the court system, but see, 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 it's, it's complicated. It's complicated because on the surface, it's easy to say, oh, well, he, he, he was a criminal. He had a criminal past. 20 years old, you know, he wasn't a, a college attendee. He wasn't, you know, doing all the right stuff. He was out there in them streets. But hold up, hold up, hold up. You got to really look into why this 20-year-old man is like that, okay? And people can bullshit all day, but there's a reason black people are hundreds of years behind in education, in economic status, in health, in literally every bullet point, factor, chart, graph, topic that you can mention. We're behind we used to get our ass beat. Our forefathers used to get beat just for trying to read a book. So you can just look at the surface, but you need to look underneath that surface. You ever seen an iceberg floating on the surface? It looks small. And beneath is the other nine tenths of that iceberg. Same situation here. However, even if Dude is a young troubled teen. Got warrants out and you want to arrest him. He shouldn't end up fucking dead. Whether he tried to flee or not. You're a trained officer, but no. It don't go down like that. We know this. 
I know this as a black man in America, and I've been fortunate in my many interactions with the police growing up in Harlem and the, and the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? Running around New York and Queens and Brooklyn and, and, you know, four out of the five boroughs, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and other places I've lived in other States as I do now. So yeah, it's a challenge not to live in that frustration. It's a challenge not to live in that anger. But I'm not going to. I refuse to let you steal my joy. You know what I'm saying? Refuse. Just like the cop tried to do last night. And again, I'm going to get to that. But the latest right now when it comes to the entire situation with Dante Wright. Like I said, of course, like I said, rest in peace. He's dead. His family is traumatized. His girlfriend is definitely traumatized because she was right in the car. Okay. The city of Brooklyn, Brooklyn Center, and, and, and just it's close to, you know, uh, Minneapolis. It's a suburb of Minneapolis. Um, is seeing its third, fourth night of unrest, property damage, confrontations, because of course the cops have squatted up with their riot gear, the National Guard, because, oh, we got a bunch of angry black people again. Let's just fuck them up. Let's stifle their need to release the rage. Let's keep them in control. Right? Unlike the January 6th insurrection attempt, because we all know had that been black people storming the Capitol, the bullets would have been flying. Yeah. Make no doubt about it. But the officer has resigned. It's been arrested. I don't know if she's bonded out yet. Civil unrest going on. And, um, we will see what happens. All the while, in the same state, while why the George, excuse me, yeah, the George Floyd trial, like I said, I don't call it the cops trial. The trial for the officer that murdered George Floyd is going on. And the prosecution has presented their points. The defense is presenting their points. And boy, the outlandish shit that has come out some of the defense witnesses mouths has been absurd. Okay. But that cop. The 26-year veteran, as they call them, is a dick. Pretty sure she has been a history of being a dick. Now, of course, this is speculation. Maybe she was nice. Maybe she just had an off day. Maybe she really did try to pull her taser. However, it's a fatal mistake. You can't work there no more. Okay? You can't do that. If you work at a fast food joint and you break a glass and you accidentally get that glass into somebody's burger and serve it and they cut their mouth up and die. I'm sorry, but, you know, serving burgers just ain't for you. You got to go. You got to go. So um, rest in peace, Mr. Dante Wright. Rest in peace. Moving on. The thing I mentioned earlier about you could be doing everything right. Like I said, in, in Dante Wright's case, maybe he didn't do everything right. But like I said, there's a reason black people are behind 
It's deep. It goes deep, deep, deep. This next case, okay, um, the gentleman, the black man, who's actually mixed just like Dante Wright is, black and Latino, name is uh, Karan Nazario, doing everything right. In fact, I don't think he could have been much writer. Okay, just like in a past episode, I said there was a man laying on the ground, arms and legs outstretched, and still got shot by a cop. That was another um, case. That wasn't this uh, Karan Nazario case. In December of last year, 2020, in um, Windsor, Virginia, at a, at a gas station in Windsor, Virginia, December 5th, on, at nighttime, Mr. Nazario, who happens to be a lieutenant in the Army Medical Corps, in uniform, in his new car, Gets lit up as he's driving. Cops turn on their, their vehicle lights and sirens. And he's in a new car. They said they lit him up because they didn't see any temporary or any tags on any license plate and that he had a dark tint. Okay. Legitimate reason to pull over a vehicle who wasn't speeding or swerving or showing any other indications other than no license plate. Dark tint. I still have not been able to nail down if that tint or that level of tint is illegal in Virginia. Excuse me. Um, nevertheless, new car, the temporary license plate was there, but it was taped inside the back window, which was visible. Cop just didn't see it. Okay. So here we have another black man driving down the street at night. With his dog in the back, in a crate, dog in the crate, getting lit up by police. What does he do? He's in uniform, by the way. Okay? In uniform. In his army uniform. So, given the state of things in America and being a black man and the police want you to pull over, they have their lights going on. He did what I suggest all of us do, which isn't really a deterrent. But at least it's a step in the right direction. He took about an extra 90 seconds to drive to a gas station, which was brightly lit. He pulls over, puts his car in park, and proceeds to put both of his hands outstretched outside of the vehicle. Both hands outstretched. Okay? They want him to get out the car. And the man merely asked, Mr. Nazario asked, what did you stop me for? I'm not speeding. I'm not swerving. I'm driving in my new whip with my dog. Fuck y'all want. Why are you pulling me over? Well, you got the dark tent. Now, and, and if there's body cam, there's video out there of this interaction. These guys were dicks from the jump. Dicks. Tried to be nice after. But dicks, period. Dicks all the way around. You ever, you ever encounter white people that you know have not, don't have no black friends or, you know, very limited interaction with black people? They're intimidated. They're uncomfortable. It's obvious and clear. These cops suffer from that. Again, I'm speculating allegedly in all of those words. I, cause I don't know, but this is the way it looked to me. 
So they like step out of the car. He's like, nah, no, why? Why did y'all pull me over? Step out of the car. No, no, no. Dude starts shaking his, the, the officer starts shaking his um, pepper spray, which is better than the gun, I guess, right? Tells Mr. Nazario, you are about to ride the lightning, son. That's a threat. That's a threat of execution. Ride the lightning is a term that's been used for people that are in the electric chair. It's not an unfamiliar term, especially to those in law enforcement. They proceed to pepper spray him. And he's like, yo, that's fucked up. Now, they pepper sprayed him. He still had his hands outside the car. Okay. I Is that necessary? No. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, I, I just. As a black man, I can tell you. Witnessing. These injustices, witnessing these over-eager police officers, these rude, racist police officers, it really makes you want to take action. But again, I won't become the murderer. I won't become the hater. So you say, yo, Mike. What the fuck? What can we do? What can we do? Should I become a police officer? I mean, if you're into that, that's fine. You know? I'll tell you what you can do. First of all, there's no short-term solution. You know, none of us can just snap our fingers and change the hearts of haters and racists. Nope. Because believe it or not, as I record this, in the days, weeks, and months that follow, there are racist parents teaching their kids how to be racist, how to hate. They're turning those kids into hate-filled fucktards. And that's sad. That's real sad. You know? Because it's, I believe, learned behavior. Then it's reinforced by whoever you're rolling with in society. You know what I'm saying? So, what we can do is educate yourself. Know when to pick your battles. Unless you are ready to allow them to take your life from you. And I don't even mean just getting shot. Because if you decide to go warrior mode and shoot back or fight, you know, it's an uphill battle. If you get pulled over by a racist dickhead who comes to your window with an attitude from the second the interaction starts, then you know what you're dealing with. And you're not being no punk by not giving him a reason. I hate to say this because I don't really do this all the time and I should, but comply. But I tell you what I don't do. You don't get no respect. And when I say that, I mean, you don't get no sir from me. There's no 
politeness from me. Unless you're polite to me. I give you what I get, but I'm not crossing no line because I'm not trying to agitate. I'm not trying to instigate. I'm just merely giving you what you give me. And I always ask for a warning. And it's been a long time since I've been asked to step out of the car. Typically, I can stay in the car. You're going to give me my ticket and let me go about my way. Because... The only thing I've been involved with in recently is, you know, speeding tickets. There hadn't been a lot of those. Either all my lights work, my blinkers work, all my registration and insurance is good so you can run my plates. You're not going to find nothing. I got no wants, no warrants. You know what I'm saying? So if you do by chance pull me over, then it's all good. And I just, <laughs> I just got pulled over by a fine little police officer. She was hot actually. And, um, I pulled over into the store, which is where I was going anyway. And she said I was doing 50 and a 40. And she took my license, insurance. Well, I didn't have my insurance with me. Um, and I, I said, well, let me get it on my phone. And she was like, all right. She ran my license, I'm pretty sure. And she came back. She said, I'm going to let you go with a warning. And I told you I appreciate that. And I said, you know what? If I was single, I'd ask you out. And she just really didn't take too kindly to that. She just looked at me and walked away. And uh, she was very young, white. Police officers were very pretty, very shapely. Um, and that happened just a couple months ago. So what could the good lieutenant, Karen Nazario, what could he have done differently? You know, the cops said they were agitated because he didn't pull over immediately in the dark. He, he used an extra 90 seconds to go to a well-lit gas station. Then they shook because they can't see in the car. Then they didn't see the license plate until after the fact. But the man ended up with pepper spray. And now he's got a nice million dollar lawsuit. He's probably going to get a nice little settlement out of that. But he was like, yo, can you open the window? Because the pepper spray fumes was getting to his dog. Another incident that could have went even worse. Just like Dante Wright. Just like George Floyd. Just like countless Countless others. I've got an episode where I think I, I, I went through 30 names and li- really the list is endless because, you know, today we got cameras, body cameras on the police, cell phone cameras that are capturing this shit. But can you just think for a second, let's say a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, do you know how much cops got away with? Do you know how much, how much the white male has gotten away with? How many murders and maimings and beatings and assaults and lynchings? It really makes me nauseous. Just think about it. When you really think about it. So now there are some tools we have to begin to fight back. And those are video evidence because pitch is worth a thousand words. A video is worth 10,000. Or more because you can see it and you can hear it live and direct. You can hear the tones and the nuances and see every little subtle movement and interaction or during the interaction. So shout out to Army Second Lieutenant Karen Nazario. I hope you get paid and I hope you are psychologically. 
You know, because that kind of shit, man, it could, it could, for some, it could make them shook. I don't know, old boy. I don't know, Mr. Wright. Rest in peace. Um, I, you know, I don't know how this is going to affect them going forward. You know, I don't have any fear, but when I do see a police officer, I'm looking where they're going. I'm checking my speed gauge. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's just a reflex, really. Because I know it's possible that officer is a dick. That officer may be a racist. That officer may escalate the situation where I can either defend myself and try not to get murdered or comply and still end up getting murdered. Okay? I can tell them I have a gun in the car and end up getting shot. Because they nervous. Because I'm a black man. They're nervous. A lot of these guys are just flat out scared when they see a black man. And I'm not. I can see a bunch of young teen blacks. And I might be, you know, a little more aware. But, you know, I try to see them as my brothers. My black brothers. My Latino brothers. You know what I'm saying? And if they're trying to get me, then so be it. But wouldn't it be nice if no black man ever attacked another black man ever again? Huh? didn't rob another black man, didn't steal from another black man. If we acknowledge each other's presence, no matter who you are, if we came together, to, uh, together like in a Wakandan effort, hmm? Yeah. That'd be nice, but y'all know I'm a dreamer. Right? So I'm going to tell you just one more thing before I tell you about my interaction. This is a, a good story in terms of the outcome, but the story itself is, is, is really on some bullshit, to be quite honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I want to tell you about a woman named Carol Home. And it may just be Carol. What a name, right? Carol Home. Carol Home was a police officer in Buffalo, New York. Carol Holm is black. She was fired in 2008 for stopping one of her colleagues, a white officer, from employing a chokehold on someone they were in process of dealing with. Yeah, 2008. It's 2021, and she finally got a final ruling from a New York judge and she's going to get back pay and her pension. But that's 13 years. This black police officer, young lady, tried to stop a white officer from employing a chokehold. She has five children. She said she lost everything. She said, but the suspect didn't lose his life. Which was what she was trying to prevent. Cause she do, she does believe that that officer, the white officer would have choked him out. I hadn't seen that story get much publicity, publicity, you know, but I wanted to share it here today because I always try to, you know, give balance. And I think that at least that's some good news, right? 
I mean, it took 13 fucking years for her to get some kind of justice just for trying to, for stopping a white officer from killing a suspect. It's crazy shit, man. It's hard being black out here, yo. It always has been. But we strong. We are strong, resilient, and we will never give up. And we ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. So, last night, last night, like I said, it's the the exact middle of April now. This happened to me last night. Actually, night before last. By the time I dropped this episode, it was night before last. So, I get a call from my neighbor. It's after dinner. It's about, I don't know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, something like that. Me, wifey, son, we doing what we do. Chilling, interacting. I think I was working in my office. My neighbor calls me and says, yo, do you know anybody that has a yellow car? And I said, no. I gave it some thought for a minute. I was like, no, not off the top of my head. What's up? And he says, well, we found a four-year-old girl walking the street by herself. Now, mind you, the sun has long set. It's dark. It wasn't particularly cold. The weather was was warm enough. She just had jeans and a shirt on. Very um, small built, young, four-year-old girl, black girl. And I said, nah. And I said, what are you talking about? What's going on? So they had been trying to find this girl's home for about 40 40 minutes or so by the time he called me. So I'm like, yo, um, is she with you right now? He's like, yeah. I was like, yo, call the police. And I'm not a call the police type of dude. Ever. Okay. In this instance, I told him, go on the, uh, I think the next door app. I said, put out an alert there. And I said, you know, cover yourself. The police could be useful in this instance. Call a non-emergency number. And I didn't hear him the first time because they had already done that. He called me while they were on the block walking with the police. But I didn't know that. So I asked him some more questions, you know, like, what's her state? Is she okay? He's like, you know, yeah, she's, a, you know, very talkative little girl. So, you know, I didn't have no socks and shoes on. So I put socks and shoes, came outside. And I'm like, yo, wait, I'm still on the phone with him. I'm like, yo, where you at? So I'm walking towards his house and he sees me come out of my house. He's like, nah, the other way. So I go the other way down the block. Mind you, I live in a suburb of Dallas, middle class, upper middle class neighborhood, mostly white. Mostly Indian. From India, India. Okay? Not too many black families out here. That's changing, though. But, um, so I walk towards them, and I see him, my neighbor, his wife, two police officers, and the little girl. And as I get closer and closer to them, and then I'm like, hey, what's up? So, they kind of stop. There's another police officer, the male police officer, who's getting, who's, who's leaving the group and going, um, diagonally to my left to go to another house. Cause we're at a corner and he's going down the block to go to another house. They're still looking for the yellow car. Okay. The white female police officer who's holding the little girl's hand. Is walking. So I bend down and get to the kids 
eye level. And she reluctantly stops because she was going to keep going. Actually, she was going slowly. And I said, hi, what's your name? And the white police officer goes, we got this. Don't worry about it. We got it. I saw, I just looked at her. I just, and I kept talking to the little girl. I said, what's your name? She told me her name. I said, well, what are you doing out here? She says, walking. And I said, um, and then the officer goes, yeah, we asked her all that already. And now, and I'm saying just like she said it, she's snappy. She's not friendly. She's being, she's flat out being rude to me. And I said, yeah, I know. I was like, but I'm black. She's black. She may relate to me. So I was like, you know, well, where do you live? And, and, and then the officer goes, we got this. I told you we got this and proceeds to continue walking. So I stand up and I say, okay. And I just hold my tongue because I'm not trying to, you know, escalate the situation. I'm trying to help. And I can help this young girl by being quiet. And not saying anything to this officer who I wanted to give a piece of my mind. So I'm talking to my neighbor a few minutes and we're walking and we're coming up to my house. And I say, you know, we have a young son. I said, this little four-year-old is walking barefoot in the street. Let me go get her some shoes. I'm pretty sure some of my son's old shoes will fit her. No, that's okay. The officer says, I've tried to carry her. I put her down. You know, we got this. I was like, yeah, but it's probably not a good idea to have her out walking the streets barefoot. And she said, oh, no, she'll be fine. Bitch, what the fuck? This is a four-year-old girl barefoot at night. You can't see what's on the ground. I'm offering a pair of shoes. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me, do you think I'm wrong? Shoot me an email at mikesopinionshow at gmail.com. Mikesopinionshow at gmail.com. Please tell me if you think I'm wrong. And you think this officer should have took those shoes? They're walking nonchalantly down the block, looking for the, the young girl's house. So I go back in the house. And then I had to go back out about 10 minutes, 15 minutes later. So I, I, I drive down. I see there's three police units. And they all drive these Tahoes, all big police SUVs. And my neighbor and them, they're still out there, the little girls in the back of the Tahoe of the female officer, the white female officer's patrol vehicle. And I'm like, yo, what's the update? What's going on? He's like, well, they call CPS, Child Protective Services. And I was like, well, you know, did, did they give her something? He's like, yeah, they gave her some crackers or something. So anyway, that was my interaction, interaction with the police. A dick for no reason. My presence made her uncomfortable. I can tell from the minute she spotted who I was walking up. You ever see somebody's body language change? Their demeanor change? I've been around a long time. You know, I'm old enough to know. I grew up in New York City. I know how to read people. I'm a black male. She felt threatened. She wanted to get away from me. She didn't want me to, to help at all. Had that been a black kid, I mean a white kid, I wonder if she would have took those shoes. You know, very frustrating. Long story short, you know, because we didn't know where this little girl came from. But it was somebody in my neighborhood that I don't know. It was a black family that I don't know. Because I said, the way the girl looked, she could have been Indian. Like I always say, from India, Indian. But so, she is going to, uh, my neighbor, I talked to him later that night. said so she's going to spend the night in CPS custody, in Child Protection Services custody. 
regardless. So I was like, wow. So I don't know if this is neglect, a one-time thing. My wife and I, when I told her what was going on, she was like, there's no way. First of all, at four, my son knew his first name, last name, um, address, and phone number. For instances, just like this. But I'm, we were thinking, how could he have gotten out the house at that age? There's no way in hell. Uh, my four-year-old son would have ever got out the house undetected. No, it, it just, I, I, it shit wouldn't have happened. So I hope she's okay. You know, I really do. The question remains though, right? Why are some police officers such dicks? I want to tell you a story of a time I could have been arrested. So this is, whew, this is, this is a long time ago. This is probably 24, 25 years ago. Actually, not that long. I ain't been in Dallas that long, but it's been, it's been, it's been a long time ago. I'm dating a white girl, upper middle class neighborhood. Suburb of Dallas, and they were upper middle class. The uh, she had a stepdad. He worked for the FDIC. Some big wig goes around closing banks. So we out parked, not on her block, but in her subdivision. And there's a park in the subdivision. So we parked facing the park. It was, I think, a cul-de-sac or a dead end. But we're not by a house. We're at the park. It's one of those parks that's inside the neighborhood situation. We're smoking weed. We're drinking beer. Listening to music. Halfway, you know, flirting. Getting ready to have a little fun fun. But we were talking and just and just enjoying ourselves. Listening to music. Drinking and smoking. With the windows up. Never heard the car pull up. No lights. Didn't hear nobody walk up. And I'm usually aware of that kind of thing. But we was in a vibe, right? We vibing. All of a sudden, chilling knock. Sound that you don't never want to hear. Cop flashlight tapping on the window. Oh, shit. She's in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. And I look over. It's the cop. And I say to her, um, bail me out as fast as you can because I know I'm going to jail. I roll down the window. The weed smoke billows into the officer's face. White male officer. Okay. I'm like, hello, officer. And he's like, well, what's going on tonight? And do y'all live around here? And I'm like, um, and then the white girl that I'm dating, she says, yes, officer, I live right, right over there, right down the block. He says, okay. And I'm pretty sure that probably was the saving grace. So he says, give me both your license. Give him license. He walks away. He ain't say nothing about the weed. He didn't say nothing about the liquor. Nothing. He says, give me a driver's license. He goes back to his car. It probably was only five to seven minutes, but it felt like three hours. I'm talking, I'm like, shit. I was like, yo, look, I'm going to take the heat. I just bail me out. She's like, I got you. She said, I'll bail you out immediately. She said, I'll follow the cop car down there. And I was like, okay. 
Cop walks back. I'm, I'm seeing him walk back in the mirror. He gives us both our license. And he says, y'all get out of here. You ever hear angels and harps and shit? Like, I could have swore I heard some angelic, like a ray came down out the clouds, like heaven. Because I'm thinking to myself, am I dreaming? I got to be dreaming because this shit can't be real, right? Yes, officer. We immediately get the fuck out of there. That officer could have taken a bunch of different routes. A bunch. That could have ended with me in jail. That could have ended with me shot, dead, walking home. I mean, there's a lot of ways that could have went. But that white male officer saw this black man chilling with a white girl. Smoking weed, open containers, drinking. Let us drive away with no tickets, no nothing. As I said earlier, based on my experience, I know all officers are not bad. I know all black officers are not good. Okay? Latino officers, Asian officers. You know, this world we live in, if you choose to focus on the negative, you'll get consumed with it. If you choose to focus only on the positive, you'll miss what's real. So you have to acknowledge, identify, and consume both. However, you do not have to live in the negative. You can acknowledge it. You can see it. You can defend yourself from it. But you don't have to live there on a daily basis. You don't have to live in worry and concern and fear and doubt. You don't have to. Because at the end of the day, we all going to die. Right? So, I strongly encourage you to live. Especially my black and brown people in these United States and all across the world. Live without fear. Deal with what you have to deal with when it's time to deal with it. But don't live in fear, y'all. Don't let that badge and that gun intimidate you. You have recourse. You can get badge numbers. You can record incidents because those reports matter. Those reports matter. They can, they can come back to haunt that evil, racist, hateful officer. You know what I'm saying? But rest in peace to Dante Wright, to Mr. George Floyd, to all of those out there that have succumbed to death at the hands of a, of an officer. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, the answer to the question, why some cops dicks? The answer is simple. It's because some humans are dicks. Some humans are haters. Some humans are racist. And I strongly suggest those that are able, you deal with it accordingly. But do not live in fear. That is my message to you today. <laughs>
So, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Again, like I said, I hope you're okay out there. Be okay. Hold your heads up. Walk proud. Walk strong. I hope you're protecting yourself from this virus. Still wash your hands. Wear your mask if you need to. Social distance if you need to. And uh, eat your vegetables. You know what I'm saying? And all of that. I'm Mike, and you've been listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic Unleashed.